hour three of the People Show. Satyar Shah, Randeep Janda, Ben the intern, Ben Turn holding things down. We have a lot coming up this hour. What do we have coming up? Actually, you know, uh, we have wrong answers only. It's We're, a fun hour. It is. Uh, I kind of, I kind of uh, got mixed up with four and five because we have Confession Friday coming up at four thirty on right. a Thursday. It is Thursday, not Friday, but we're doing it today because the mailbag. It's going tomorrow. Correct. And this hour, we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, as you mentioned, Confession Friday on a Thursday coming up in the next segment. But before that as well, we left the last break. Before we left, we asked you a question. Brought the wrong answers only. Yeah. And it was things that have better attendance than the World Junior Championships. And we got a lot of responses. A lot of responses. Uh, Mun coming in with this one. The healthy choices section of USA grocery stores. <laughs> Are better attended than the World Junior Championship. <gasps> oh, that one is a that's a clutch one right there. Yeah, you ever go to like Bellingham or something like that? Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's, look, like, Trader Joe's kind of like it's the hipster vibe. Yeah, people yeah. go there for healthy choices, but go to like other grocery stores, like the cheesy section. Oh is, yeah, it's fully it's, populated. It's, the health yeah. Yeah, the section not so much. It's usually not as well attended. Depending on what you have, you have to go to specific areas if you yep. want to do that, right? Uh, you know what the the wildest thing for me was going to like grocery stores in the Midwest. Oh yeah, man. Rough. Food, food is different there. Food is like they call it food. Yeah, they don't health options, healthy options don't exist in the Midwest. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, a lot of good ones coming in, man. This one uh, unsigned, wrong answers only. Better attendance than World Juniors. Workers at Pearson Airport. Oh man, as a guy that had to wait two days for his luggage to appear here, Did in that Vancouver, happened to you. Oh, my man. luggage not only got lost, it got dented. They, like they messed it up, so they got kicked it off the plane. I, I don't know what happened, man. I don't know what happened, but I I feel that one. I feel that submission. So uh, my parents were in Toronto uh, about a month ago. They went to Toronto. And remember where all the videos were coming out, the TikToks and stuff of the mounds of luggage just kind of being left unattended or whatever? Like my parents walked by. They couldn't believe what a mess it was. My parents were smart. They didn't check anything. They just kind of carried on. I mean, yep. it's hard when you go for two weeks. No, but like, I, I didn't check anything on the way there. On the way back, oh, I you had more stuff. stuff. I was like, all right, I got yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean. I tried, man. I tried. You did your best. But yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, we got this one. Uh, very political with this one. Kevin oh. from Calgary. What's better attended than the World Junior Championships? Mar-a-Lago is better attended by <laughs> FBI agents than fans at the World Juniors. Oh, oh politically man. relevant right Ooh, now. Dropping it like it's hot. All right, Maury the Mill guy, wrong asses only. Any garage sale advertised on the telephone pole? Actually, anything advertised on a telephone pole. That's probably what they should have done for this tournament, Maury the Mill guy. Yeah, I don't think that would have helped either. Uh, Brian and Burnaby. This one's, a, this one's a solid submission. Wrong answers only. Mark Messi, his book signing tour here in the lower mainland. <laughs> Was better attended. Yeah, he just. He, I think. I think uh, Mark Messier and his and his people just don't think BC exists. Like it doesn't exist on the map. It's just water. Okay, so remember, remember when we put a a request in to have him on the show when he came out with the book? Yeah, and they said yes at first, and then realizing, oh, 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 they're in Vancouver. That Vancouver. So. Uh, yeah, so then they shut it down. We talked about it, and you know, we were very upfront with it because we're like, I don't think we want to have him on and joke around. I'm like, if we have him on, we have him on so we can ask him what happened in Vancouver because he's never been asked, he's never been put on the spot, he's never done a public interview where he's answered questions about his time in Vancouver. So we said, hey, we'll do it if we're allowed to ask you. No, no horse ball, no holds bars. We we'll ask you all the questions, you answer them or whatever. We'll do it. They said yes. And then I guess when they probably threw it by him, he's like, no. No, that ain't happening. That's not happening. And to, and so we called him a coward. We're not going to give credit to Mike <laughs> Keenan in the city for very much. But I will give Keenan credit for this. 
We've had him on the airwaves. He answered questions about the way everything went down. Trevor Lynn and all that. Mark Missy has yet to do that. Yes. Yet to do that. All yet right. to do it. Wrong answers only. Another one. I love this one. Johnny H- Hockey's going away party in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. Wrong answers only. Things that have better, uh, better attendance than a World Junior game. The 2020 NHL playoff bubble. Probably have more media probably. than, than, than they had fans. Probably. Uh, we got this one as well. Wrong answers only. The Canada Soccer Appreciation Party. <laughs> yeah. Those are not very well attended these <laughs> not, days. Not, not doing well. Not going to do a lot well. And minor Madden Abbotsford. Uh, wrong answers only. Jason Bruff's pickleball matches. Have you ever, ever played pickleball? I have not. We talked about this last week on the show. Um, and the terminology is wild for pickleball. Like, there's something called a falafel. Huh? Uh, yeah, legitimately. What? The terminology, there's, I don't know what a... What it's a player a move falafel straight up Yo, not gonna, the food I want to get hungry playing this game I love falafels, I've never man. heard of that pickles as, and falafels. as a vegetarian falafels are clutch but apparently yeah like no I don't understand it I'd like to play it one day but aren't isn't that like in a retiree sport yes the answer to that is yes okay just wanted to make sure you play tennis until you can't bro can't tennis. play tennis I, mean, I don't know I don't know I'm gonna check sure. into the guy man. Uh, this one unsigned it's Halford's birthday. Happy birthday, I Is guess. that a part of the wrong answer, or uh, just straight up? Maybe it's the right answer. Okay. Texting maybe it's Halford texting in. Okay. All right. <laughs> Give me a shout. It's my birthday. Happy birthday, Halford. Thanks for the text. Uh, wrong answers only. What's more well-attended than uh, World Junior Games? Uh, check out the view from my deck party that McDavid had. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great view. What are you talking about, man? It's an unbelievable view. <laughs> okay. Th- this one. This one's fantastic. What's better attended than World Junior Hockey Games? Protests in front of Rogers Arena. Ooh. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that? Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? It does. It does, right? It wasn't that long ago. It was the last summer, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah, last summer. Unbelievable. Uh, we got this one. Unsigned. Put your name on it. Coyotes games next year. That's a fact. It's a fact. If they sell out at 5,000, that is w- double what <laughs> these games are Yo, getting. did you see like two Coyotes fans were at one of those games the first day? Like they showed them in the stands, like two guys wearing Coyotes jerseys. Logan watching Cooley the, fans. Like Logan, Logan Cooley fans. There are more Coyotes fans than Canadian hockey fans at that tournament. Life moves fast. <laughs> Life does move very fast. All right. Uh, that's it for wrong answers only. Thanks for everybody texting in and their submissions, having a lot of fun with it. If you want to keep things going, you can because we have Confession Friday coming up at 4.30. And uh, that's not all. We also, in about 10 minutes' time, are going to play Turf Trivia. So uh, a lot of interactivity on this show here today. Uh, Now, one of the things that we wanted to talk about uh, that we mentioned a bit earlier was what's happening in the NFL. Today, the preseason, there are more games happening. We saw last week the first game happened with the Hall of Fame game. Now, week one of the preseason really gets going this week, and it all starts this evening and right now, the Giants are playing the Patriots. You have the Titans playing the Ravens coming up uh, in about 15 minutes' time. And then tomorrow, there's a slew of games and also on the weekend as well. And the team that I follow, and it hasn't been easy being a Browns fan um, at the best of times. And just because they wanted to, they made life even harder for Browns fans and made it a bigger moral quandary when they went out and acquired Deshaun Watson. And now the Deshaun Watson situation is completely unresolved still. But one thing we do know, Randy is that he will play for the Cleveland Browns tomorrow when they play the Jacksonville Jaguars in their preseason opener. And that's going to be interesting uh, because, as we know, the situation 
is unresolved. And that is, I think if you're the NFL, the as days go by, as the hours go by, there's more noise about potentially a deal, right? Can We know the NFL ideally would want him done for the year. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's side does not want that. Now, the longer this goes, there's a chance that he hits the field not only in the preseason, but also there's probably a chance that he hits the field in the regular season. And if you're the NFL, do you want that to happen? Or would you like clarity before then? So your point about playing tomorrow, absolutely. But if you're the NFL, you're saying, hey, we need to have a resolution on this. For the brand, for the shield, there has to be clarity. Yeah, We want him, essentially, to go through the punishment and then, at some point, come on the field. But, like, how important do you think that is for the NFL to say, we don't want him to hit the field at all. Preseason, regular season, doesn't matter. So, uh, the cynic in me says the NFL is drawing a hard line in the stand for two reasons. The first reason being, we can assume that they're being truthful and they want a one-year suspension. But the bigger thing I think they want to get across here is that the NFL wants a one-year suspension. As soon as this kind of came to, you know, what was being investigated with Sue L. Robinson, the first investigator with this was a former judge, the NFL pushed for a full-year suspension. It came down to a one-year suspension. Then the NFL appeals it and is still pushing for a full-year suspension. Roger Goodell, the other day, when they okayed uh, the sale of the Denver Broncos to a new ownership, spoke about the issue when asked the media and said, we still want a full-year suspension. I, I think they're being truthful about it, but I think the reason they're being so public with it is that they're trying to get the message across that we want the full year. And if it doesn't end up being a full year, it's not all our fault. We went through the process, we appealed it, and if the appeal doesn't bring a full year... That's not our fault. Like, we did everything we could. And one of the things that came out in the reporting was at one point, and this was right before Sue L. Robinson made her um, final determination, and she gave the NFL and the, and the PA a two or three week window to negotiate a settlement. Because she knew, and she let the NFL know that you're not getting the full year suspension. So if you guys want to figure something out, you guys should settle something now. And the word that came out through reporting, and I think Mike Florier reported this, and, and, and also. Um, Charles Robinson from Yahoo who's really tuned in. Charles Robinson said that the NFL was ready to settle for a 12-game suspension and a $10 million fine. And what was it today that you heard from that was being reported? Well, the report coming out today is that a person familiar with the defense and with Deshaun Watson's defense team is saying that Watson would accept an eight-game suspension with a $5 million fine to avoid missing the entire season. So the longer this goes on, the closer it gets to actual games being played, what are you starting to hear? You're starting to hear that side of the conversation of, all right, what would that number be? And listen, hey, Deshaun Watson, and and if you're the NFL, you also have to probably keep this in mind of, is it over yet? Yeah. You know, because that's a big part of this conversation of, you know, the settlements have been made in a lot of cases, but you can never know if this is the end. So, like, that's, that's where I think where the NFL, if you had your way, you'd say, hey, give them the year suspension so we can get better clarity on that. But to your point, if they appeal it, he's hitting the field. Well, I mean, so this is the appeal process, and the and whatever decision gets made is going to be binding. That's based on the CBA. But what can happen is they can they can slap an injunction on the NFL and yep. take this to court. This is what they did um, in the Deflategate situation. It's happened in previous situations as well. And usually, what happens is the NFLPA loses that battle in court because the CBA is usually binding. And unless something really untoward has happened. 
the court is going to usually rule with whatever the CBA says, and in this case, it's going to help out the NFL. But what that would mean is that while the injunction gets put in, Deshaun Watson would be eligible to play. So there is a world where Deshaun Watson is suspended for this, this entire season, uh, takes it to court, gets an injunction slapped on it, plays in th- this entire year, then gets suspended the next season. So for the NFL to figure this out and to end it, they would have to reach a settlement with Deshaun Watson. So I think ultimately what's going to happen is it'll end up being a 10 or 12 game suspension and it'll be a monetary fine next to it. Because if the NFL pushes and gets the full year, I think this is not going to end for another year. And as much as the NFL you know, wants a full year, I think they want this to be done and dusted more than anything else. And they can save face and say, we did everything we could, man. Like we, we wanted a full year. The judge gave six games. We appealed it. We're still pushing for a full year. This is the best we can do under the circumstances. And I think the public, even though they don't like it, could say, hey, at least the NFL did what they could, but screw the Browns, screw Deshaun Watson. But how this unfolds, that would be my guess looking at it. Yeah, and because it isn't done, like, you know, there's the way that we've kind of seen the reporting on this, and there's always, you know, investigative reports that have been coming out. If you're the NFL, and let's just say they do agree to settle to something because they don't want this to be stretching into, you know, over a year, to your point with the injunction. At that point, whatever that settlement is, and, you know, I hope, and this is my personal opinion, that, yeah, you kind of, you throw the book at them, or at the very least, it's around the 10-game mark. Yeah. Right? But let's just say whatever that number is. In this sense, you're also putting it on Watson to say, hey, if there's new information that over the next X amount of weeks or the next year that comes out, then we're going to reassess. So, like, it does keep that door open to say, if there's more new information... This is a settlement for this. That's on you. That's on your own conduct. That's on new reporting on this. And, you know, that's probably a new situation altogether. Well, that's why it it was important for Watson's side to settle those cases. I think only one case has not been settled out of the over 20 accusations that have been levied. And to your point, given the situation, the sheer number that we've seen, is it outside the realm of possibility that in two months, two or three people come out and say, hey, this happened to us as well? And then new cases... It's all possible, right? So, yes, there's still a world where more does come out. But it's one of those things where for the Browns this season, from a football perspective, if he's not going to be available this season, do they go after Jimmy Garoppolo? That yeah. looks to be the rumor out there. Because you look at Brown, the Browns team, they're just a quarterback away, man, this year. Like, their defense, really talented. Offense, a lot of talent. I like the coaching staff. I like the head coach. Special teams is better. Like, they don't have a ton of holes on that team. Are you just going to punt this season if Deshaun Watson's gone all year and just go with Jacoby Brissett? Or do you, or is Garoppolo a big enough upgrade on Jacoby Brissett? So that's a really interesting conversation in the sense that because, you know, Jacoby Brissett gives you something. He gives you a bit of a baseline. But when you're talking about being a contender, um, yeah, you, you take a, a significant hit. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, and there's a lot of critics of Jimmy Garoppolo, especially around these parts. A lot of Seahawks fans here, so they they like to kind of bring that up. I'm looking at you, Richo. Um, But in terms for if you've got a strong team, if you've got a running back, Nick Chubb, that you really like and is among the best in the NFL, if you've got you know a strong receiving court, if you've got a strong defense, look at remember the 49ers experience. The defense powered that team, yeah. And Garoppolo, unfortunately, was not able to win them games, and yeah, he did have his limitations. But if you're talking about, hey, if you've got a strong team, can this guy get you close to the promised land? Can he make you competitive? 
Yeah, he can. But you have to have those other parts. Yeah. He, he ain't going to do that himself. He's a complimentary player. I think you have to. If that move is there, and Brissett ain't going to get that done. So should they be considering? Absolutely. That, like He's not the answer. He's not the guy that's going to, to you know, the answer, the sole answer that's going to give you a Super Bowl because he's never been that. Yeah. But is he an upgrade from what you currently have? And the way this team is built, this year, you need somebody that can be capable at the, the quarterback position. And yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be a, you know, a pro bowl or he's this or that. Is he capable? Absolutely he is. With a star-studded team, which is what the Browns are. Yeah, though they are. I mean, the Browns are a team that does have a lot of talent. It just comes down to the quarterback, right? Like, is the quarterback just going to be strong enough for you overall, especially when we don't have Deshaun? And people are talking about Deshaun Watson next season because he gets more money next year. If Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the full year, the contract holds. So the only way the money hits you is if it's not a full year suspension. So if the money... So if, if he doesn't guess, so the only way for the NFL to really ding him money is to spend him for less than a year. And the other one is to give a monetary fine, which is what the NFL is talking about. They're trying to get him a fine up to $10 million. It's an interesting situation, right? Obviously from the Deshaun Watson situation unto itself, like, yeah. Hey, that, that, that's not a football conversation. That's a, that's a, as we know, it's a conversation of there have been settlements made there Let's be honest, there has been very little remorse from the Watson side up until maybe now because now you're looking at negotiations yeah. and the fact that you're willing to negotiate implies that you're finally willing to take some sort some of blame. Yeah. It's not direct and don't get me wrong, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that this guy is showing remorse cuz he isn't, but the fact that you're willing to negotiate means you're you're accepting some sort of blame here finally. Yeah. Now, we'll see if it gets to that point, but from the football side of things, the Browns still have to build a team. They still have to try to prepare for the season, whether they have their quarterback, who they still paid for some reason. And I'm, I'm a huge, you know, I, I don't understand that. I don't, with all that noise, with all of what was going on to, to give them a record contract, I will never understand that. But that's the NFL. Win by any means necessary is the way it goes down. But as everything else is now going on, they still got to have a backup plan and a backup plan to the backup plan. Yeah. And that's a very interesting spot to be in when you are considered a contender is what they should be. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we'll see what happens there with the Cleveland Browns and the quarterback situation still remains massively unresolved. But when it comes to fantasy football, the people shows fantasy football league is going to be up and running coming up for the start of this NFL season. And right now we are doing entries into the people show fantasy football league. And we're doing so by playing turf trivia, Randy. That's right. Two leagues, 24 teams playing against Bick, myself, Citizens of the People show. Vicky won her way in yesterday, and there's more information to come on this league, but your chance to win entry into this exclusive league begins this week, has begun this week with Turf Trivia. Today's question, we were talking about your team, the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to swing it over to my team, the Miami Dolphins. Tua was one of four QBs taken in the first round of the 2020 draft. Name the other three. Tua was one of four quarterbacks taken in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Name the other three. All right, so get those in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. And also your confessions for Confession Friday. That is coming up right here on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
Keeping things moving here on the People Show. Satin Randy, Ben producing the show. The People Show. Having some fun. Dunbar Lumber text inbox hopping. 650-650. We just did turf trivia. We'll give the winner out here in just a second. We have Confession Friday on a Thursday. Coming up this segment. Coming up next hour, we have Dave Pinota dropping by. So we'll get into the hockey talk as well when he uh, drops by at 5 o'clock. But it is time to do Confession Friday on a Thursday. But first, Randy. Let's get the winner for Turf Trivia. That's right. So your chance to win entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League. It's going to start in week one. We're going to have a draft. The whole thing. More info to come. The question today was, 2-0 is one of four QBs taken in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Name the other three. We got a lot of Jalen Hurts. Wrong. He was taken in the second round. Mm -hmm. The three that were taken in, in addition to two in the first round were Joe Burrow. Yeah. Number one. Yes. Justin Herbert, number six, one pick after Tua. Yeah. And the third one, and fourth total, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Number 26. By the in Green that Bay first, Packers. That's right. The one move that ticked off one Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He wasn't too happy about that. Yeah, it wasn't much of a threat in the end, but still, yeah. not a smart move. And today's winner, I'm just waiting for a city here, actually. Actually, we do have a city. Congratulations to Surrey's own... Bizarro Drance, he calls himself. It is uh, Kevin and Sir. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, also a.k.a. Bizarro Drance, he calls That's himself. That's what he calls himself. All right. Well, there you go. Congratulations, Kevin, and also congratulations to the city of Surrey. There we go. So Surrey is now the reigning champion of Turf Trivia. Not the first time, won't be the last time. No. Surrey reps pretty hard in Turf Trivia. Yeah, just wrestled it back from Port Coquitlam. That's one right. Yesterday. So That's uh, right. we'll keep things going. Another edition, another chance for you to get in tomorrow for Turf Trivia as well here on The People Show. All right, should we do this now? Are you ready for the intro? I'm ready for the intro. The intro to Confession Friday happening on Thursday. Join the movement that is Confession Friday. I know you hate me. I know I hurt you. But there's more. Listen. People in the butts. He should have been playing in the minors. Sports. Some weird things going down the toilet. This is my confession. All right, just takes you to a dark place with that intro. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm nervous, excited. I don't know. I think it's a, probably a mix of everything. Ben, how you feeling? I feel great. I, I witnessed this at the Canadians game, if you remember. I no, but it's different when you actually are a part of it. Though. I was yeah, nervous. Like you were there. The little kids were around. Yeah, that was game. that was pretty creepy. <laughs> well, you got to be. I was scared. Yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be careful how you uh, drop it. So, I mean, so how do we start this? Do we start this with our own admissions submission? If you got start? one, bring it. I think it usually helps to bring your own, so there are four people are a little too. bit more comfortable. You got one too. All right. You know what, Ben? You go ahead. You go first. So you guys might have noticed it, but the listeners might not have. Okay. The first interview today, yeah, I was calling him, mm-hmm. and I left my mic on. Yeah, that's right, Adnan. I was calling Adnan, and my mic was on. R- Randeep actually noticed, and Randeep definitely noticed because I saw his arm waving, and I freaked out. <laughs> Confession: left my mic on while on the phone with Adnan setting up the interview. See, the good thing is you were in like cussing when you picked up the phone. I've done that before when I was producing. You know, and mic was off. Yeah, you yeah. pick up the phone next, you you think you're off air, and you just kind of talk. Oh yeah, you know, if you know whatever would happen. Yeah, or ah. you have like a really great relationship with the the next guest, and you start well, chatting, leaping the, you know, shooting the leap, with, right? I was yeah. just chatting with Faber, so I mean, like it would have been a lot worse Oof. if it was. But it was, it was okay. We fixed it, but confession, I had it on. So you know what's funny? We don't have the online stream today, but if you were watching the stream and if it was working today, you would have seen me actually waving at Ben saying, Turn your mic <laughs> off! 
turn off. He was so like, the one day we don't have the stream going. I that's know. exactly what I was doing. So angry face from Randy. Good right. timing. <laughs> All right, there we go. You confess your sin. I Even though I knew about your sin, Sat knew about your sin. Now everybody knows. Everybody, everybody knows, knows about your sin. Yeah, now you feel better. Really, I feel a lot better. Okay, there you go. All right, Sat. All right, so I felt I had to have one. You have to. You got to. All right. So back in the day when I used to go and uh, watch the Vancouver Grizzlies play, um, so this was like in back in high school, and it was fantastic because um, we used to go to London Drugs to buy tickets for like 16 bucks, 17 bucks, less than 20 bucks. You get tickets to a Grizzlies game. Yeah, there was London Drugs and Shoppers Drug Mart used to have. You can get them, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it wouldn't be too expensive. And for a kid at the time that's in high school, Twenty bucks, you can you can you can talk your parents into giving you twenty bucks to get a ticket to a game. You know what I mean? So it was it wasn't a hard thing to be able to get tickets to games. But w- but what I would do was me and my buddies we we go and get tickets, we jump on the bus, go to downtown, go to the game, and once we get into the arena, we get in early because we always wanted to go watch shoot around. So what you do? They let you go walk down all the way to the court essentially, yep. or get close to it to watch shoot around early on. So what I would do, and this was when I finally got my first cell phone. Uh, I think it was like seventeen, it was like a, or sixteen or seventeen, it was like a Nokia. You could play Snake on it. Oh, yeah. It was like a brick. Yeah, it was like a brick, but it was, you know, it was sturdy. Got the job. You got the job. You could text, you could call, you can play Snake. It was great. So what I would do, because, hey, we wanted to be close to the action, and, you know, I got nosebleed tickets for 20 bucks. I'd call the ticket service and ask them, be like, hey, uh, me and three friends, or me and two friends, how many friends, however many we would go to the game, and ask, we're looking for four tickets in the lower bowl. Which section are they available? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, section 102, this seat, this row. I'd be like, all right, great. So we call as close to the game as possible, and then we go sneak in and sit Smart. in that spot. And then somebody would have to come down and ask for your ticket to see if you would have to go. You would never walk out because it would, you know, you would yeah, yeah, be yeah. committed to staying there. So it'd be hard to do a bathroom break or whatever. But we would find out a way to sit a bit closer to the action. Okay, okay. It was a bit of a scam, I will admit. But that's what Confession Friday is all about. Like, it can be smart, but also be a scam. Are you finding a way to scam somebody? In my confession, I kind of scam myself. Okay. So, as you know, Knicks fan, right? Unfortunately. It's a a problem I wear every single day. I've said it before, I'm a Knicks fan until the Vancouver Grizzlies ever come back. If they come back, we'll see. Right. My confession is this. I am a Knicks fan. And have been for a while. But growing up, I had a Reggie Miller Pacers jersey. You did? I did. So I went to wow. I went jersey wow. shopping way back when with like my parents or whatever, and they were buying the jersey. I'm like, which one do you want? Knicks jerseys, there's Patrick Ewing, there's Bulls jerseys, there's Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan. You go through it. My sister ends up getting whatever one she got. I think she got like Dennis Rodman or MJ or something of that nature. She was a Bulls fan. I'm looking... And I just loved hitting threes when I played. So I was like, you know what? Reggie Miller. So the guy that I ended up getting Reggie Miller, even though he was the one that torched my team. He torched your team. I mean, one of the one of the uh, greatest regular season, mo- one of the greatest moments at Madison Square Garden by a visiting team was Reggie Miller and the choke sign, especially to one Spike Lee. Yeah. So I wear that. I haven't told anybody. I don't wear the jersey anymore. I think it still actually fits. But <laughs> yeah, that's I good. A, I was a chunky boy when I was growing up. It still fits. But I don't wear it literally on the street. But I wanted to confess that because yes, I am a Knicks fan. But I, I, that I, I actually did it. Yes. All right. All so right. send them in six fifty six fifty. We got this one from Marcus. Uh, no, actually, never mind. Can't say the names. Okay. So I'm going to skip over that one. I'm going to skip over that one. I almost, yeah. almost said it. We're going to go in a different direction. Confession Friday on a Thursday. Confession. As a Canucks fan, I love Chelsea Dagger. I may 
or may not listen to it often. Sorry. Ooh. All right. Confession Friday. Ain't going to judge. Not going to judge. Okay. It is a good song, I will say. You think so? It's okay. not a bad song. The, song. the song is good. I, I mean, I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. But the song itself, it's, it's a good It's a catchy song. It's always yeah. been a catchy song. See, I don't, I don't think I can actually judge it independently anymore. No. Because it's... Remember when it was played in Rogers Arena a couple of, what, two years ago? There was the whole summit, and the DJ went... <laughs> the DJ was no longer allowed to work games. <laughs> or whatever that story was. Like, that was an actual thing. Oh, man. Uh, all right, here's one. Confession Friday. I'm the crappy salesman here again. So this is a ongoing thing. Crappy salesman texts in every Confession Friday. He does. Okay. All right. He or she. We don't even know. Crappy salesman. We don't know. I confess I spent a solid 45 minutes today trying to fish the river when I should have been working, expecting another raise any minute. (laughs) Look at that. Okay. I'm not going to applaud lack of effort, but if it's working for you and it continues to work for you, crappy salesman, you might be a crappy salesman, but you're not so crappy at life. (laughs) You're gaming the system. Yeah, gaming the system, yeah. I gaming the system. All right, this one. Confession Friday. I tell all my F1 friends I'm a Verstappen fan, but actually, I'm a Gasly man. Oh, all right. So why are you why are you faking it? There's nothing wrong with being a pure Gasly I guess you gotta, fan. It's like, I guess it's cool you get cool points with F1 fans if you're Verstappen fan. Yeah, but that's like being a... Okay, I'm wearing a Yankees hat right now, but I know some people that are like... Tell me the correlation here, Sat. Yankees fan, Steelers fan, Lakers fan. Certain point in history, who was winning? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a team, I'm a fan of one of those teams. You're a fan of one of those yes. teams. Yes. But imagine being a fan of all of those teams. There's one correlation, they were winning. That's okay, sometimes you pick a loser. <laughs> and for me, that's the Knicks and Arsenal. For and, Arsenal. and that loser might be the Canucks for some. Uh, it might be the Canucks. It's okay to pick a loser every you're, 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 Everybody's going to have a loser in their teams. It happens. It's okay to you pick a loser. You got yours. I got mine in mean, the Browns. Browns are going to Brown. They've been doing it for years. Uh, this one, uh, my girlfriend and I have another couple coming over on Saturday for some entertainment. Stay tuned for next week's confession Friday for the highlights. Okay. That's a, that's a confession or, and and a tease at the same time. (laughs) Like literally. I don't don't know if I want that tease. That was the question. And I love, I love that this person actually put their name on it in the actual text as well. So we know who it is. We know who it is. We will judge you, we but won't. the listeners can't. <laughs> we, we will judge you. Um, all right. What other confessions do we have here? Uh, we got this one. Confession Friday. I went to England to watch Sunderland play Arsenal many years ago. The game was sold out, and there were only disability seats left. I told them that I had an issue, and I got right onto the field. <sighs> okay. Wow. This is not like don't at me where we don't at you. We do at you. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is wow. not good. That is not cool. Wow. That's low. That is low. But hey, that's hey, why you're they're confessing. confessing your sin. confessing your sin. We're not saying you did this yesterday, but we we can say that is wrong. Yeah. You can't do that. That is wrong. Uh, Scott and North Van said, don't at me, but Sat can't handle Confession Friday. He will be shook. So that was when don't at me from before. I am shook based on reading some of these responses that I cannot read. Uh, okay. This one says, uh, confess Confession Friday. I've been telling everyone for years that I'm Italian. I changed my name. I hired a pronunciation coach. I follow TFC. I even hired a bunch of actors to pose as family and stage some extravagantly catered weddings. 
It's been such a big part of my public persona that I don't, that I don't even know how to tell everyone that I'm not Italian. I'm just from Buffalo. That's not Richie. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna be like, wait, we can't say names, and this hasn't been signed. But is that Richie? Is that Richie? Richie does love Buffalo. Mm. Interesting. Maybe that's what it was. Okay, hey, that's fine. You you fessed it up. I I have no problem with that. It's um, is he is <laughs> he or she is he or she calling himself a, a fake Italian? Eh, whatever, that's fine. Uh, here we go. Another one sent a little bit earlier. Confession Friday. I have officially been in more altercations on the golf mm. course than the hockey rink. Some people just can't have fun. Yeah, as, as people get too serious at the golf, like like unless you, you, you have to be good. You actually have to be good to be a obnoxious golfer. Like if you're if you're going to be the type of person that loses it all the time and is always angry and and always like cussing because you know you're not hitting good shots. Unless you're a really good golfer that has had a bad day. Why are you reacting that way? No, nah, like, you, You're not good enough to react the way you're reacting. You don't play enough to react the way you're reacting. You're just not. No, come on. Like, like I don't react he, that way because I suck. Because I know I suck. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just walk into the course and you're like, I'm not good. Like, I'm trying, but yeah, I'm not good. Hey, I'm not that guy. Sometimes we just all have to... Sometimes going in, just a little bit mellow. I don't know how you get mellow, but just be mellow. Whatever works for you. Oh, we got this one. Confession Friday. The ones with paragraphs always worry me. Yeah, you gotta you proofread them first. My cousin and I used to be big pyros when we were younger. And one time, while staring, staying at our grandma's house, we got the hankering to see what color flames our Legos would make. So we stuffed the fireplace full of Legos, sparked it up. Our grandma caught us in the act and ripped the string and ball off the paddle ball and smacked our asses repeatedly. Ooh. Yeah. That, I'm glad grandma caught you, though. Come on, man. <laughs> oh man that is hilarious uh all right uh this one uh See, this is where it slows down because it you're okay. really no, like no, the paragraphs I, I, are coming i, I in can now. read this one here's a funny confession a buddy and i were at a bar in whistler and convinced these girls walking by to sit with us and have some drinks three of them and two of us we were having a jolly old time but they said to us after a while they were just flirting with us to get free drinks Jokes on them, though, because we both went to the bathroom and left the bar, and they had to pay the bill. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you know what, though? That's why... It's bad form, no doubt. But this is why, if you're trying to get somebody to pay for your drinks, make sure they pay for your drinks before you tell them all you want to do is get them to pay for your drinks. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, what they did, they, they, they let the cat out of the bag too soon. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They should have waited for the bill to get paid, and then been like, you know what? Yeah. That was an amateur movie. You know, they, 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 they swindled the guys pretty good to get them drinks, but then they, they, they screwed it up at the finish line. They couldn't no, finish man. the deal. What's, what's the sign of a, like, a great thriller movie at the end, right? Like the usual suspects. The, the cliffhanger, all of that. The twist comes at the end. That's what, if you're going to game the system, you've got to wait till the end to do it. Uh, we got this one. I, I don't know if we can read this, but sad, I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead, read it. Confession Friday on a Thursday. Uh-huh. Once I arranged a couple's massage for me and my wife. Uh-oh. Oh, you're doing this one. Great. I'm going to okay. do this one. I'm going to do this one. <laughs> when we arrived, they had separate rooms for us, which was okay. Was good massage until the end when the individual offered me a happy ending. Very awkward. To this day, I never told my wife. Mm. I mean... You're confessing. I don't know what you're confessing because no, no, no. you don't get into the details. No, it, all he confessed was the offer. He didn't confess what exactly, he said to yeah. the offer. So... <laughs> so here we are. We're, we went there. We went there. 
What did I tell you about Confession Friday? One day, we're just not going to do this segment because somebody's going to be like, this is too much. But until then, we'll try to read as many texts as we possibly can. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this one here, Confession Friday. I wanted to take this one to the grave with me, but since uh, it's my man sat first confession, uh, confession Friday, here we go. 20 years ago at the Canucks game, I was hammered leaving the arena, talking to my friend in a loud voice. I passed by Jeff Cortnell, saw him and yelled out to my buddy, Jeff Cortnell! He rolled his eyes at me like I deserved it, and in my loud, stupid, drunk voice, I threw an F-bomb back at him. Whoa! As a Canuck fan, this one kills me. My son and I got our picture taken with him just before COVID hit. I felt like he was staring me down the whole time. I couldn't look him in the eye. <laughs> Jeff Cortnell's pretty intense, man. When those eyes are staring you down, and that's that's a story. That's a story. <sighs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, apparently... <laughs> Uh, Keith, the water guy. The massage one was submitted two weeks ago already. Hey, listen, I, this is my first. I, 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 this is my first one. I can't. I can't. I can't talk about what happened before in the show or not. Randy just came back. Last I was week on too. vacation, man. I was, uh, with all due respect, I love the People Show, but I was not in Barcelona listening to the People Show. All right, <laughs> it, I wasn't doing that on vacation. So, come on, this that was, one will allow it. Because this one's saying, "Come on, guys, mine was funny." Which one was yours? There's so many confessions. I got to try and find them. Uh, we got this one saying. Another person saying that massage story was the same one from last week. That should be a confession. <laughs> I didn't know. That's my first confession Friday. We didn't know. Uh, this one, I can't read the person, says, uh, My roommate in the first year of university was was a weird pet nut. He decided to take uh, trade his pi- per, uh, piranha for an iguana, but he never cleaned the tank properly, and the iguana died right, after, right before Christmas. That's sad. Uh, he had a hissy fit cursing the pet store for selling him a bum pet, so we, so we put the dead iguana in the freezer so it wouldn't rot over the break. At the end of the school year, the iguana was still in our freezer, so we took the frozen iguana and propped it up at the cafeteria salad bar. It took 15 minutes before I heard a young woman scream, and the entire building ran out, and uh, wow. yeah. And thankfully, there were no cameras back in the day, and that was during lunchtime, apparently. That so. is... That is and nobody me- can eat lunch. That's that's kind of gross. That's pretty messed up. That's not that's not. Cool. I um. First of all, I do I like not. I say, do not. I do not uh, approve. <laughs> neither do I. I'm I'm a pet lover. I don't care if it's an iguana, piranha, <laughs> whatever. Uh, poor poor iguana as well. Yeah, poor iguana. Uh, this one here. Speaking of faking a disability, I often use the upper bowl uh uh, uh washroom bathroom at Rogers Arena. Since an usher watches the door, I always do the. Kaiser so say walk as I leave the bathroom. I'm not proud. Name withheld by request. So, yeah, people people do a lot of uh, man, a lot of weird things. I feel sorry for some of the uh, the folks at, at the, the games as well. We've had a lot of you know. Generally, there's a theme when it comes to Confession Friday. I don't know if we have one this week, but I feel like it's going to go a certain direction. Uh, this one, I always love the relationship Confession Friday. Yeah, Confession Friday. I tried to break up with my girlfriend once. She refused to accept a breakup. So I ignored her for a little over a month until she finally broke up with me. So you ghosted her after she did not accept your breakup. So like, what did you do? Like, did and you... Also, also, if somebody says they don't want to be with you, do you have a, like, how can you not accept <laughs> How can, <laughs> no. like, how can you not accept it? It's like a, it's like a movie skit. No, I refuse. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm done. No, I'm not. <laughs> Listen, it's over, man. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, get out of my house. <laughs> no, I ain't leaving. I'm not leaving. Stop sending invitations so I can come over to your house. Like, it's over. It's like Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, so good. All right. That, that I think, okay, we, every time I think it's over, we got more confession 
Friday uh, coming in here. Confession Friday on a Thursday. I'm a diehard Canucks fan, but I honestly do feel bad for the Leafs when they lose in the first round every year. Yeah. That I guess that's kind of controversial because so. most Canucks fans are programmed to feel like the Leafs failing is the next best thing to see your team winning. Yeah. This is a confession from a Canucks fan. Die hard, not just Die a casual, hard. not just a fan that is a, you know, enjoys their team. No, a diehard Die Canucks hard. fan saying, I feel sorry for the Leafs. That's rough. Rough for the rough for, rough for the Leafs. Yeah, rough for the rough for the Leafs. We're diehard Canucks fans feeling bad for them. That's how bad it is. All right, uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That it's you never know what you're going to get. No, you uh, legitimately never know what you're going to get. I hope you enjoyed it. We got one more coming next week. We do one more next week. We'll have some fun with it. That was good. I enjoyed it. Um, and the final one comes in Confession Friday. I hate August. I miss Canucks radio all day every day. Like we we did did like two hours of hockey Canucks talk and, and this person's like you know what? I hate August. This person <laughs> just misses us breaking down ice times for fourth liners. Don't you worry. Don't uh, you worry. We will be breaking down the ice time of one Dakota Joshua coming oh, yeah. up very soon. Yes. It's coming. Dakota Joshua hits per minute per sixty. I can't wait for that. The guy throws a lot. Ernest Lazar breakdown of his play he a lot in of depth. Too. Yes, we will. We'll bring that soon. Don't you worry. Ilya Mikheyev. Skating speed. We'll have that. We'll have the tracker going tonight, the, this year as well. All right. Uh, we'll have some fun with that. We appreciate everybody s- sending their submissions in for Confession Friday on a Thursday. Up next, some hockey talk coming up. David Pinota is going to join us. A lot going on with the Vegas Golden Knights. Robin Leonard done for the season. Their star goaltender. Where does that leave them? We'll get into that and more coming up next right here on Sportsnet 650. Final hour of the show. Had a lot of fun in the last hour. Felt like going to take a shower. Yeah. After uh, Confession Friday. You, you know you've had a good Confession Friday after, if you feel dirty after. Yeah. But that's what we do. We, yeah. we take on your sins for a day. <laughs> yeah, we had some fun. We did uh, Wrong Answers Only, which was um, what, are, what, what events are better attended? And the World Junior Hockey Championship. We had fun with that. We did Turf Trivia and Confession Friday last hour. And uh, we are going to be talking to David Pinota from the fourth period coming up in a few moments. And, you know, you know, kind of looking back at this Vegas thing, what a year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Injury after injury, derails their season. They missed the playoffs. Have to trade patch ready. They made the Jack Eichel trade. And now Robin Leonard is done for the season. And they're a team that is not as strong as they were last year. And all of a sudden, they don't have a goaltender. And it's a really weird spot. Very difficult spot. And I think we can look at some of their roster positions and be like, all right, you know what? Forward group, it's maybe not as deep as it's been, especially on the bottom side of things. But Jack Eichel should be better. Mark Stone should be better. Defensively, we talked about this yesterday, probably the first or second best defensive unit in the division, right? So they've got quality there. The problem is, if you can't get saves, if you don't have confidence in your goaltender, if they don't give you confidence, it doesn't matter sometimes. And that's really the, you know, the deficiency that they have on paper right now is that for a team that should be contending for the Pacific, or at the very least, a playoff spot, a top three spot, 
you need that goalie that can give you confidence. And as of right now, who knows what's going to happen and whether they're in a position to make mm-hmm. a move, we'll find out. We're going to ask Dave Pinota in a couple of seconds here. But yeah, there's a big gap on that roster all of a sudden. Yeah, it is a massive one. And how you go about addressing it, there's no easy answers. Let's bring David Pinota from the fourth period into the discussion and we'll see if we can find some answers for this Golden Knights team. What's happening, Dave? How are you enjoying um, uh, the offseason so far? I saw you tweeting the other day to say, hey, listen... Uh, be be wary for fake accounts because all you're worried about is enjoying your free time right now. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice um, to uh, get a little time off, enjoy a few cocktails, some adult beverages every now and again. Um, and then I got barraged with like a bunch of text messages. Hey, did this happen? Did that happen? Is, is this going on? And some fake account got like over a thousand likes and something off of something that apparently, uh, well, turned out to be not me. Uh, so... Dealing with that kind of fun stuff. But um, look, so far, summer's been good. Um, doing a little better than the Knights at the moment. So, uh, tough, tough blow today. Yeah, big news today in the NHL. Robin Leonard, done for the year. Uh, hip surgery. So, it, it's going to be a, a long road back as well because that's not an easy one to come back from. In terms of their goalie situation, Laurent Brossois was already injured. You know, Thompson's a, a decent player, but is he ready for the big time? Probably not. What do they do moving forward? Yeah, you know, before this came out, um, you know, I'd been told that both Leonard and Brassois might not be ready for the start of the regular season, likely wouldn't be. Um, obviously, we found out the Leonard news uh, today with his hip surgery that he's going to have. Brassois seems to be doing a little bit better. Um, and I talked to a few people that have um, been skating with him, and, and they think that he might be ready for the start of the regular season. Now, that might be because they may try to rush him back because they may not have another choice here. Um, but with this news, I, I've got to imagine that they're going to look at their options. They have a lot of cap space. The acquisition of Shea Weber allows them to have more flexibility under the salary cap. And now with Leonard's $5 million, that'll effectively be placed on LTIR when they need it. Um, they've got almost $13 million in cap overages space that they could play with if, if they wanted to. Um, so they're going to have some, some options, whether they pull something off before the season or not. I mean, it's, it's way too early to tell at this point. Uh, you know, if, if Carey Price is ready to roll with the Montreal Canadiens this season, do they take a stab at Jake Allen and his $2.85 million cap it? Uh, I can't imagine the Sharks would want to do them any favors by moving James Reimer over there, and he's got a two-point-something or other cap hit. So that might be uh, not necessarily an option for Vegas, but – um, they're, they're certainly going to look to see what could be out there uh, this season. Um, you know, maybe they call Chicago and take a chance in a flyer on Peter Morazic, uh, even though he's got another year left on his deal. If Chicago eats, maybe there's a, there's something there. But um, you know, other than that, they're, they're going to have to look internally to Brossois, to Logan Thompson, uh, and, and hope that those guys can effectively hold down the fort. I know they had spoken to the Islanders mid-season last, this past season about Semyon Varlamov. You know, prior to this news, I was told that the Islanders were going to hold on to them this season. Do they re-engage? I mean, it's a possibility. Um, he's in the final year of his deal at $5 million, so it's almost a wash, or not almost, it is a wash cap-wise. Um, but I don't know if they necessarily want to go in that direction. They may wait things out to see what options may turn up once camps get underway. Well, one name that I was pondering, and he's kind of been in the the rumor mill the last couple of years, is Columbus and Jonas Corposalo. That's a, a name that was linked mm-hmm. to the Edmonton Oilers. Apparently, they couldn't meet the price. 
Is that a guy that's still in the market? And could he make sense as well? Because he's a free agent after this season. Yeah, certainly. I mean, look, with, although with Columbus, and this is the same thing with the Islanders, um, you know, if, if from Columbus's perspective, adding uh, Johnny Goudreau, and you've got a highly motivated Patrick Laine, uh, you've got the younger kids that are going to be given a bigger opportunity um, for, for this coming season. Kent Johnson representing Canada right now certainly going to be one of them. Um, is, do they feel like they're in a position to compete for a playoff spot? And if that's the case, as we know, most teams need a very reliable backup um, to, to be part of their club and to give the starter a bit of a breather. If that's the case, I mean, maybe Corpus Allo could be an option for Vegas or another team, but I've got to think that Columbus would want to replace that caliber of, of backup as, as much as they can or bring in somebody who they feel is serviceable. Same with the Islanders. If they move Varley, um, okay, that gives them a little cap flexibility, which is something they're looking for. But who's going to be the backup to Ilya Sorokin? So all of those little elements are going to come into play. I, I think just, you know, from – and a player perspective, yeah, I think Corpusella would be somebody that if I'm Vegas, I'm giving Columbus a call and seeing if Jarmo Kekalainen uh, would be willing to move him. But from Columbus's side of things, they're going to need to replace that player if they do move him. So it's, it's not as easy right now, given the marketplace, because we're you know five, six weeks away from camp, and um, most of the teams, for the most part, have kind of solidified their goaltending position. This is just a huge blow for Vegas. Well, and, and shoring up the goaltending position has been one of the harder things to do around the National Hockey League. And yep. you start looking around, I mean, there, there, are, there are not a ton of goalies you always feel good about. And you start going through the list. I mean, that's why Jack Campbell got five times five. I mean, you start going through the list and it's like, is that a position where we start looking at the amount of forwards that are out there, the amount of defensemen that are out there? We're starting to see like the goaltending position as far as high caliber starting netminders. That be a smaller pool than what it seemed like a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a ton of guys a few years ago that that well, there was a lot of potential. I mm. mean, Corpusalo was viewed as you know a guy that could effectively take the reins as a number one, and there was you know talk that maybe there were a few other teams at the time a couple of years ago. I guess the first year of the bubble. Um, where there were some teams that may want to take a run at him to be potentially their number one. Um, and then, you know, certain guys kind of trailed off a little bit. And, I mean, we're, we're in a position now where, you know, some teams are basically platooning their goaltending position and, and, and where they're at. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're taking a pretty big flyer right now on Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray. If one of them pays off, great. You lucked out. It worked out. And good for the player as well. Uh, but they're, they're taking a flyer and a gamble on, um, on, on that position for, for their particular team. So, yeah, I mean, there, there aren't that many, you know, high, first of all, high-caliber goaltenders, certainly not that many, um, but guys that can at least hold the fourth down if you've got a strong enough group in front of you, I mean, that number is diminished as well. And, and you look at teams that do have a little extra in, in net, like Seattle, um, uh, and I completely – forgot the dude's name, uh, but one of their guys is, and it's not Grubauer, it's the other guy. He's Reger, yeah. Thank you. There we go. Uh, he's hurt, and he's not going to be ready for the first few months of the season. So um, you know, if teams were looking at potential options, well, they're also battling the injury bug as well. So talking about Vegas, you know, we were discussing this a little bit earlier as well. Very weird season for them last year. They lost almost 500 man games due to injury. 
Uh, you yep. have Jack Eichel. You have Mark, Mark Stone coming back as well. Now, the question is, Pacioretty, they basically give up for free future considerations. They lose their goaltender. How much have the Golden Knights fallen off? Or is that something that we're just, you know, are we are we jumping on that too soon? Have they fallen off? And if so, how much? Yeah, yeah I, I think we might be jumping at that a little too quickly. Um, even myself, I was looking at this, especially after they moved out Pacioretty, going, okay, well, where's all this? I mean, this was a team that was supposed to be stacked. What's going on here? Well, certainly you're going to, if you're the Knights, you're, you're hoping that you have bounce back season uh, from William Carlson. You hope you get a little bit more from Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith, um, that maybe they can find that uh, that that magic that worked so well a number of years ago when they first entered the league and they were the misfits and it really worked out for them. Not I'm not expecting a 40 goal season again by, from Carlson by any stretch, but um, certainly they need him and a couple other guys on this team to be better than they were last season. But then at the same time. You've got a full year with Jack Eichel and a healthy Jack Eichel. You've got a full season now with a healthy, and you hope certainly, a healthy Mark Stone, but all signs point to him being fully ready to go and, and back at it for the start of the season. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, you can either slot him on the wing or you have him as you know your second or third C. Um, you know, Brendan Brazel is a guy that the team really thinks can make a push to, to make this roster, former first-round pick a few years ago, um, they feel that, that there's a lot of talent there, and can he scratch that this season? He's going to be given an opportunity to make their club as well. They've got some solid depth. Their defensive core is pretty good as well. There's no question about that with Shea Theodore and, and Petrangelo and uh, Alec Martinez and, and Nick Hag, who they got to get, get all set up with. But it, it, it's a solid group, um, and they've got quality depth there, certainly. It, Nick Wadge assigned, so you've got – some, you've got a lot of talent on this team still. It's just they've taken a lot of hits. And because of how this team has managed their roster, and it's not the player's fault. It's really, let's be honest, it's, it's, it's upper management. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been tinkering with this roster. Um, they've got that bad guy kind of vibe to them. So I think we're picking a little bit too much because we want to see them, you know, perhaps not do so well because of all the BS that they've had to deal with. Mark andre Fleury and moving up this guy and moving up yeah. that guy. But you look at this team, they're still deep, they're still talented. Certainly, it's going to come down to how the goaltender plays. Yeah, certainly will. Dave Pinota, the fourth period, is our guest. And for a second offseason in a row, uh, the New York Islanders are the greatest mystery in the National Hockey League. And I'd say last year, Dave, <laughs> the mystery wasn't quite as mysterious, for lack of a better word, yeah. that I can really think of right now. Because we kind of knew who the guys were that they were going to sign. Maybe we have an idea right now, but for this sense of they have a few guys already signed and waiting to make that official, like... Is that the same case this year? Are they just hiding signings, or are they not that far along? Uh, I believe they're pretty far along with a lot of their guys. I mean, you know, formality is, is an interesting word to use when it comes to the Islanders. Um, but I, I believe there's something in place with Noah Dobson. I believe there's something in place uh, for Alex Romano. They haven't been filed or, or physically signed or anything like that, but I think similar to what we saw last summer, that there are agreements in place uh, at least verbally, with a lot of their players. Kiefer Bellows is another RFA. Um, you know, the whole Nazem Kadri aspect, everybody's kind of really waiting for that to happen, and the belief is that there's some type of agreement there as well. Um, you know, I'm led to believe it's seven years, and I'm going to get radioed again because this fake Twitter went nuts on this, but um, I still think that that's, that's the case, um, and I'm not sure what the, what the AAV is going to be, 
Uh, we'll obviously see how, how that all comes uh, together. Um, but between that and exploring the trade market, because they'd like to give themselves more cap flexibility, depending on what the numbers are for these guys, they might just squeak under what they've got. It's just under, I think it's 11.8, something like that cap-wise um, in space right now. They might just be able to squeak through, but they're still looking to free up some additional cap space and give them a little bit more flexibility. And I'm sure in the next few weeks, we're going to hear a lot more noise with respect to a potential extension for Matt Barzell as well. So they're, they're, they're certainly working. There's no question about that. Um, it's just when is Lou going to officially drop the hammer and make everything a go? I mean, I think only he knows that. You talk about trying to create a little bit more cap space. We've heard the names of Bovillier. We've heard Bailey as well, potential uh, yeah. names that could be moved in order to make that room. Are we still focusing on that, or or has the the, the vision kind of shifted elsewhere? No, I, I think it's primarily that. I mean, it, look, the differentiator here is if you're moving out Bailey with another year, so he's got two years left on his contract at $5 million per, uh, you're probably going to have to sweeten that pot a little bit in order to do that. If you're moving out Bovillier who I believe is at $4.5 million yep. at his AAV, uh, you're basically moving him out and not getting as good of a return. And that's where the, the things kind of offset. Uh, so, I mean, Lou ultimately has to make that decision. I know they'd still like to bring in somebody who can help put the puck in the net on the wing. Is, is that going to play a factor here? Are they just going to wait things out and see how the season progresses? You know, we'll kind of wait and see. I mentioned Varlamov earlier on, but I've been told he's not going to move. So unless something really gets figure it out there with Vegas or, or somewhere else. I'm expecting him to stay with the club and back up Ilya Sorokin. Uh, but it really comes down to, at least from the size, from the sounds of things, is it moving out Bavillier and getting a minimal return and that offsets the dollars? Or are you moving out Bailey and sweetening the pot a little bit? Um, I mean, it sounds like those are the primary options uh, for, for Lou and the Isles, unless they get really creative and, something comes out of left field, which I certainly wouldn't put past them. Well, you, you know, the thing that gets me here is looking at the cap situation around the National Hockey League, there's almost no money left today, right? Like, I mean, even the teams yeah. that have cap space, like, okay, Arizona has cap space, and they can take your problems if you give them a reason to. But, I mean, Buffalo, I guess, could do that. But even teams that have space, like, say, Dallas, they have a $10 million in cap space, but you got to sign Ottinger and you got to sign Jason Robertson. So my question right. is, for all these teams looking to clear money, like, is Arizona going to take everybody's bad contracts? Like, how many bad contracts can they take? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they've got to fill out a roster. Yeah. And, and you know, somebody's got to entertain the kids at ASU. So, um, <laughs> I mean, they've they got to figure it out. Yeah. But, but Buffalo's, Buffalo's another team that is willing to take on money. Anaheim's another team willing to take on a contract if they kind of get incentivized, um, you know, to, to do that. So they, there are options. There aren't that many, but... You know, there's certainly there are some options. Chicago kind of in a limbo situation there as they figure out what's going on with Patty Kane uh, and, and and his situation this coming season. But um, they, there are a few teams that are still willing to do that. Now, obviously, if you're moving out a player and you've got to sweeten that pot and add that sweetener into the mix, you, you kind of want to avoid that as much as you can. So, you know, things tend to have a little bit more urgency to them once we get closer to September or in September closer to camp. Um, I know, like, from an Islanders perspective, I think they announced four signings right on September 1st, which everybody knew about well in advance, but they waited until whatever day, and that was September 1st. Whether they do the same thing this season or this summer, I I'm not sure. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but 
you know, there are teams that, that do have some cap issues that want to create some flexibility and you know, there are four or five teams that are willing to take it on, but you've got to compensate for that. You know, it was a first round pick was the asking cost to bring on one year of James Van Riemsdyk out of Philadelphia, which ultimately cost them Johnny Gaudreau um, by the sounds of things in terms of getting into that, into that race. They weren't willing to do that. So, you know, the, the, some teams are willing to pay a little extra. Some teams just don't feel like the juice is worth the squeeze. Well, one of the teams I'm looking at right now, just seeing if, you know, if they're done, they've got $2.7 million in uh, cap space right now. Calgary, uh, they make their move with Jonathan Huberdeau, obviously a power move. They get other business done with Manjapane and others, but they still do have some money in Monaghan and Milan Lucic. Is there another move to be made or is it just too costly? Because as you mentioned, the, the cost of doing business right now is probably going to be attaching a first round pick to either one of those players if they want to move off those salaries. Right, right. And, you know, injuries happen. You know, if, if Monaghan's not ready to go for the season, can you, um, can you accrue LTIR space and utilize that later on in the year so that you can maximize uh, the potential uh, player that you can bring in closer to trade deadline or during the season? You know, for a team like Calgary, who, by the way, are also in negotiations right now with Mackenzie Weger trying to get him locked into an extension, um, so we'll see how that goes and kind of watch that. Uh, but outside of that, that's not going to affect them this season, dollar-wise. But aside from that little uh, bit of business that they're trying to do, they may sit tight and kind of just see where they're at. And if they can build up additional cap space as the season progresses, then you kind of go for it. You look at some of the players that are still available from a UFA perspective, there aren't really that much. I mean, um, nobody from a high price perspective, whether it's Milano or you know, Phil Kessel or, or whomever, you're looking at, you know, in the million-dollar range for, for, for him. Um, so does he fit your team? Would you rather just wait it out, give, you know, a younger player an opportunity to perform and then approach, um, you know, oppor- other opportunities when they, when they appear and when they arise during the season? You know, they, they pulled off the midseason move, bringing into Foley last year. Let's see what happens kind of this season. So from a flame side of things, unless something falls into their lap, I think they may just hold tight, and if they do get, you know, if they can accrue additional LTI space, uh, I think that might be their preference at this stage. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, and it, and it can be a quick answer because there ain't much going on from what I can gather. Anything on the Vancouver right. Canucks? Not really, yeah. um, other than kind of seeing if, you know, I mentioned anything that falls into their lap, any side deals or opportunities that pop up. I think they'd like to bring in another defenseman, mm-hmm. um, but you know, outside of, of that, I don't think they're splurging on anything. I think they're just waiting to see what may pop up and kind of go from there. Yeah, I hear you on that. Dave, always a pleasure getting in the show, man. Thanks for carving away some time for us. Go get back to whatever you were doing earlier. You can go and have some more fun now. <laughs> I was about to pour a drink. I'll be there. <laughs> Adam, what's, what? Okay, what's the drink of choice today on a Thursday night? Thursday night? It's, yeah, so it's, it's about 8.20 here p.m. on this side. Uh, so I'm about to crack open a Montenegro and, and throw that on ice and sit back, watch a little ball. Very good. Richo would be very proud of that. like it. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Uh, enjoy it, man. See you, boys. Thanks. You, you got it. That is Dave Pinota, the fourth period. And, um, you know, we talked about if, if you want to know about what he mentioned on defense, we had a good conversation with Irfan Gafar yeah. yesterday and we kind of broke down the Canucks looking at maybe some depth options with the remaining free agents potentially. So you can check that out if you missed it. Not much happening there on Vancouver's perspective. Now, I find this stuff with the Islanders to be just really interesting because the other part of it is, are, are they 
are they just being coy because they're going to sign their guys and they're fine? Like they have enough money to sign Dobson, they have enough money to get um, uh, Cadre signed, and it's not a big issue. Or is it a situation unlike last year? Because last year they were just being coy. Yeah, they're just waiting. I don't know why they waited that long, but it wasn't like they had to make a trade or anything. They they just waited and they finally announced everything. Lou is being uh, kind to the PR team and said, "All right, when you're going to come out with the press releases, let's do, just do it all, all together, and we'll wait till training camp, essentially." Yeah. Um, but as far as where they find themselves now, is this a situation where it's exactly the same as last year, or are they coy because they they need to move money to get other stuff done? I think they're coy for a reason this time because that conversation we just had about Beauvillier or Bailey, like there's going to be a couple of assets potentially in that deal, right? And as Dave broke it down, if you're getting rid of Bailey, who's a 32-year-old player and has got a little bit of money and term left, that's not a, a, hey, we're going to give you a draft pick for that player. No, you're going to have to add a draft pick probably because teams are saying, wait a second, you need to move out this salary. Why should we give you something of substance? Beauvillier, younger, 25 years of age. So maybe you might be getting a little something, but you're not going to get value. So I think this is a part of it is how can you extract something as it kind of gets late in the game here. So there may be an element of, okay, teams are going to try to to take us to the cleaners on these deals. How do we minimize the damage? How do we make sure that everything is, you know, kept close and the negotiations, we don't lose any more leverage than we've already lost. And really that's what it comes down to because Lamarillo, yeah, as good as he is, you know, as, in terms of keeping the word within his organization, some of his mandates, you know, the, the no facial hair policy and all that stuff yeah. is, is kind of wild in today's day and age, but whatever. He's got a certain disciplinarian aspect to him. But at the same time, when you look at the GM moves that he's made, he's lost some deals too. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the danger here is if you lose out on a Bavillier, can you get something in return? If you lose out on a Bailey, which is probably their preference, you got to give something up. Yeah, and how bad is the damage going to be? Well, I mean, so the Bjorkstrand trade was instructive because he's a good player and it was a third and a fourth round pick because he has term left on his money. So Bailey's, if you want him, he's not even close to being Bjorkstrand's level. Yep. So basically, and I say Bjorkstrand's better than Bovillier. Bovillier has two years of $4 million, better contract, but not as good of a player. So what are we looking at here for Bovillier? At best, like a fifth round pick, late round pick, just yeah. to take the money off your hands. But who can just take the money off their hands? The three teams that have money, Arizona, Buffalo, and Anaheim. All rebuilding teams that want big assets if they want to take the money back. So so what is the impetus for a team like Anaheim or even a team like Buffalo to take Bavillier and give up an asset? Why would they do that? No, they're not. It makes and no sense. So 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 even though Bavillier is a player who has value, it doesn't matter if nobody can trade for him. And right now the league is capped out. It's gonna remind us when it does come through like an NFL deal where you're like, hey, quality player. Like we talked about Roquan Smith, right? Yeah. Linebacker. But it's not going to be this crazy price. It's a it's impact player, but not somebody that you're going to like. It's it's going to be something like where oh, Bovillia went for a fourth or a That's fifth. What he went Your for, point, yeah. right? Like it's going to be a bit of an eyebrow raiser. But this is where those teams with cap space have leverage, where they can. And if I'm Buffalo, I think he would make a lot of sense in Buffalo. But you're not you're not doing cartwheels on the way to that deal, saying hey, Lou will give what we'll give you a first or a second. No, you're saying. We're taking money off the books too. We might be getting a good player, but what is what do we know about the NHL right now? Cap space is king. And if yeah. you have it, if you have five million, ten million, in the case of Arizona, twenty million dollars to play with, you are gonna be making sure that deal is advantageous to you. Even mm-hmm. if you're getting a good player back. Yeah, you I mean they're not trying to win right now. 
So it's like if we're taking any money on, give us a reason to. You know, like unless they look at it and say, hey, this is a player we can flip. But if, if a player has term left on his contract, I think it would be easier for a team like Buffalo or even Arizona to be like, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you a fifth right now and take this player because we can flip this guy in the deadline as a rental and get a second back in return. Yeah. But because there's another year left on the contract, that type of a deal is a year away from you to make. So I just I just look around the league and the same thing Vancouver is looking at. Like right now, a guy like Myers has some value. Pearson has some value. But the problem is nobody has money. Nope. You know, so it's like, this is not the time for it. And that's the problem with this year. Once, once the money went away, there just isn't anything left out there. And the reality is, once the season gets going, maybe you're 20, 40 games into the season, there's injuries, there's more LTIR space being used, and therefore potential room freeing up on rosters because of that. Maybe that's when a team starts looking and saying, hey, we're trying to get into the playoffs. We need to look at other options. Maybe that's where you can start making moves on. You know, there's a lot of discussion on Tanner Pearson, all these names. That's when you can maybe see teams saying, all right, we, we have a need now and we have no other option. Yeah. But as far as right now, there's no money to be spent. Now, Jeffro comes in with this text. Why is Crazy Lou doing this? Uh, let's start with that one. Why is Crazy Lou doing Crazy Lou things? If anything, I would say it's trying to minimize the L on that, that side deal he's got to make, right? Instead of a capital L, is it going to be something maybe that's closer to a lowercase? Essentially, that's when you're trying to delay here, it's, Okay, who do I have to give up and what do I have to give up with that individual? Lowercase L, not capital L. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the second part of this text is are the Canucks and Miller's camp not wanting to see what kind of term Kadri is getting so they can move forward? But that's nothing, I mean, you know, uh, you, what Lou is going to say, but like, that's not my responsibility. I don't no. care. You know, but for Vancouver, I, I think it matters. But like I mentioned with the JT stuff, and JT was on the Dropping the Gloves podcast, and we'll, we'll have some takes on this for tomorrow's show when we come back, and we'll play back a couple of clips or whatever. But basically, and this is something I mentioned earlier this week, don't expect things to pick up on JT again until you get to training camp. Like, right now, it's kind of a dead period now. Like, because there isn't anything going on. There's some things that are unresolved and there isn't much movement around the league. I think there's going to be another window that opens up potentially and that's the next little while. So this month of August, don't expect much from the Canucks outside of if they get something done with Bo, for instance, but even that I'm not expecting anytime soon. Yeah, and it is kind of that weird lull. It's that you're waiting for that one deal and I think from a argument perspective, from a for us, for the media, for fans, yes, we want to see the Kadri deal. Just see where the numbers line up, right? If he gets a 7x7, seven seven, then you're all of a sudden thinking, yeah, if I'm JT Miller, I can command that much more. I'm younger. Yeah. I put up more points. I, you know, have been able to be versatile as well. But until that happens, you know, we can speculate. But yeah, absolutely. If you're Brian Bartlett, you're saying, yeah, I want to see how that deal goes through because it should definitely affect his client based on the fact that JT had more points. JT's been cranking on more points the last three years as well. So it will definitely have an effect. From the agent side. Now, that doesn't mean the Canucks will pay more for JT. No, I think for Vancouver, I think their range, and like I mentioned before, I can see them maybe going a bit above their range, but not significantly more. So something has to change on the player's side in terms of what he's willing to accept for that to work with Vancouver, but still some time for that to unfold. All right, uh, a lot of fun catching up with Dave Pinota. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll also bring back some of the stuff Chris Faber had to say right here on the Home of Your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.